0: Galatians 4, 1 through 7, now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Father, I ask this morning that you would anoint and bless your word and speak to our hearts from your heart. You have inspired these words, causing your servant Paul to write them from your heart to us. And I pray that we would receive them this morning. In that spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, when we uh, think about Christmas time, or we think about Christmas morning, when uh, maybe, I don't know what your tradition is, but maybe that's uh, when presents are opened, or uh, the children uh, open their gifts from under the tree, and we always uh, think about Christmas being a time Especially for children, you know, Uh, you think about the things that they've wanted and they've expressed their desires in their hearts and made sure that uh, everybody knows about it and uh, comes uh, Christmas time and they get to open those uh, treasures that they've been looking for and anticipating. We uh, see commercials with the wide-eyed wonder, you know, of children, don't you want to make your kids happy on Christmas? That's the message, and you see all those kinds of things that emphasize that. But I had a thought this week that, uh, that came to me about the other side of the coin, the joy that the giver receives, Have you ever uh, had the experience of buying a gift for someone that you knew they wanted and you've carefully chosen it and you've secreted it away and you've wrapped it uh, just perfectly and that moment comes when you present the gift and how much joy it gives as you watch them open it and you see their delight and their glee when they see that treasured thing that they have longed for. Or, as a parent, you get to uh, be in that moment when the children uh, get the box or whatever it is, and they open it up, and they squeal with delight because they got what they were wanting. And the joy that it gives a parent... My mom and dad were, uh, I-, I think, great gift givers. I don't know if I realized that when I was a child, but they put a lot of thought into giving gifts and they listened uh, through the year, particularly, you know, to find the kinds of things at Christmas that might uh, make me happy. And I was a strange kid because I wanted oddball things. I remember. Um, I remember one Christmas, I wanted a typewriter. (laughs) I didn't want a toy typewriter. I wanted a real typewriter. And I don't know, I must have been like eight or nine. But I I wanted a typewriter uh, so I could learn to type. And um, lo and behold, that Christmas morning, I got up and there under the tree was this suitcase-looking thing, you know, and uh it had my name on it and i opened the lid and there was a portable typewriter they had found one now my parents were not wealthy people and buying something like that was not an easy feat but they had uh, found someone in my dad's office that had a portable typewriter They were wanting to sell, and they made this deal, you know. I found out about this later. And they they had gotten a typewriter for me. And I can remember their joy when they saw my delight in getting that particular gift. And there were things like that all through the years that I look back, that they invested a lot of time and a lot of energy into buying for me what they thought I would enjoy and that I wanted. And as I started thinking about the flip side of the coin, because it it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And now as a parent and as a grandparent, I can tell you it's so much more fun to give than it is to receive. I have so much more joy Uh, watching people open, you know, my family members open gifts that delight them and that have been thoughtfully selected. And yes, it's a hit. You know, it just was the right kind of thing. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, the scripture says, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son. That word fullness is really quite unique. It means that when the time had arrived and all the preparation was filled up, this is the perfect moment that God sent forth his Son. And I don't know that I had given a lot of thought to the anticipation of that God had for Christmas time. You know, we think about the anticipation of our longing, and when we talk about the Christmas story and the Christmas messages, we think about those 400 silent years between the Testaments, and we think about all the time that People waited through the Old Testament and longing for the prophecies and anticipating the coming, and we're always looking at it from our perspective. But I wonder if we can stop and look at it from God's perspective. That even God, who is not restrained by time or space or place or anything like that, nonetheless had established a timeline that He had from the foundation of the world established a plan that would take time to unfold. Sometimes we get a little too mystical in our theology and we think of God as being up there above time and it doesn't apply to him, but we fail to recall that he is with us also in time. God is living with me today and even though he knows the events that are going to unfold in my life, nothing takes him by surprise. When those moments come, whether they're sorrowful or joyful, the Holy Spirit with me in the moment is experiencing the joy. Theologians call that his ontological presence. Doesn't that just warm your heart? (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, But to know that God is present with me. And that when I go through a tough time, it's not like he's up there saying, well, I of course knew that was going to happen and um, it'll be over in a little while, don't worry about it. You know, it, that, that would be so cold, wouldn't it? But in that moment of trial, the scripture says the Holy Spirit prays with us with groanings too deep for words. He's living the moment. And likewise, in the joy, He's living the moment. God is present with me in time and space. And so... As all of the prophecies were given and all of that unfolding through the Old Testament and the the calling out of Abraham and the giving of the law and the raising up of the Davidic kingdom and all of those uh, historical moments in the preparation of God's people, God was waiting, longing, yearning for the moment when the great news could be announced I'm giving my son he's coming to be with you and when he comes your life is gonna be so different it's going to be fantastic in fact the scripture says When the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, that He might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption, because you are sons. God has sent forth His Spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, this is good news. And Mark, in chapter 1, verse 15 says, talks to us about when Jesus began to preach the gospel. And listen to the words. In Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 14, now after John the Baptist had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God. That word gospel has been used by us so frequently in terms of what happens at church that we've really lost track of the depth of its meaning or perhaps I should say the simplicity of its meaning gospel is simply good news it's just good news and. What Mark is saying is, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the good news of God. This is God's good news. It's good news to him. It's something he's excited about. It's something he wants to communicate. This is momentous. This is extravagant this is marvelous this is good news from God and what is the news the time is fulfilled this is the moment we've all been waiting for this is the moment God has been waiting for the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near Repent and believe the good news. God wants us to know that from his perspective, this is wonderful news that the kingdom of God has drawn near. This moment in time is a special moment, one for which God has long awaited. I was listening to uh, the radio this week in my car. I was kind of searching for Christmas music, and I don't know, I couldn't land on exactly what I was looking for to sort of scratch my itch. I kept going from channel to channel, and I I stumbled upon this kind of hokey country flavor song. if, If you know what it is, you will probably soundly correct me later on. Not right now, please. Um, but I was listening to this song and I thought that's kind of a little cheesy you know it's 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 God was so excited that he said to to uh, Gabriel you know go tell everybody go tell the shepherds go tell the wise men go tell the world that Jesus is coming Jesus is born and and I thought that kind of sounds just a little strange it may have been the thing that really started me thinking along these lines god was excited to send the angels to announce the birth he wanted everyone to know and what was their message go tell go tell everyone that jesus christ is born this is god's good news and what's the essence of it that his kingdom has come near. In Galatians, going back to Paul's letter for a moment, it says, When the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman born under the law, that he might redeem those who were under the law. That We might receive the adoption as sons. Paul's been talking about what it was like to be an Israelite living under the law. And he has been relating that to a small child who is related by birth to the father, but does not enjoy the inheritance. Because he's too young. And he's not necessarily implying that the father has to die and pass off the scene. Um, He's simply implying that um, there is a time when a child in the household has no more freedom than a slave. And really that's true. Don't you know? Children... As they begin to grow what what do they hear you know you can't go here (laughs) you have to go to school do your homework don't put your finger in the light socket I, I mean their lives are filled with restrictions and protection and fences that we build around them for their own good And uh, with expectations of duties and performance and chores and responsibilities. And really, when you think about it, uh, a child growing up in the home who is underage isn't any different from a servant. I, I don't mean they're there to serve us. What I mean is they are confined and restricted, they don't have authority. They don't have the run of the house, so to speak. But what joy it is for a parent to celebrate those landmarks, especially when they are accompanied by appropriate maturity reflected by the landmark. Graduation from high school. Getting a a responsible job. Um, becoming a manager of money, being able to handle their own affairs. And somehow along the way, when it goes the way it's supposed to go, a transition occurs. I, I think it was Mark Twain who may have said, Uh, The older I got, the smarter my father got, or something like that. But um, the point was that as he got older, he recognized that his dad had some wisdom. But another thing happens as children get older. They begin to see their parents as people. You know, they're not just my parents. They become people they realize they had dreams and they had goals and they've had disappointments and they fell in love and they got married and they had uh, all of these normal kinds of things that go on in the heart of, yeah, just a real person. And then on the other side of the coin, the child transitions into an adult, And the parent sees their judgment getting better and their wisdom growing and their perception improving and their responsibilities expanding. And somehow in that process there becomes a a friendship. You can never ever take away the parent-child connection. That's always there. But there comes that moment when our children become our friends and they see us as other people. And those are special times. And ideally, in every family, many of those middle years should be characterized by that Respect and that friendship and that joy of being together as family. The child rearing years are over. The do's and don'ts and curfews have ended. And now we see the fruit of that in choices made well and lives lived appropriately. God was really tickled when he could send Jesus to end the period of childhood under the law and his people could come of age and receive the full inheritance as sons of God. Ladies, I don't want you to be put off by that. I realize the scripture is written within a certain cultural milieu, and as a consequence, uh, you often seem to get left out of these verses. But really, the intent here, because the scripture says in Jesus Christ, there is neither male nor female. And the intent is to understand that everyone who comes to Christ, comes into the fullness of an heir. And in those days, women did not inherit. So if the scriptures had said in first century Middle Eastern Jewish culture, you become like a daughter, I'm afraid that wouldn't have been very significant. And so, rather instead, you have become like a son, joint heirs with Jesus. You and we all together become co-heirs with Jesus Christ. We inherit the family riches. They belong to all of us as joint heirs with Jesus Christ, as if everyone... We're the eldest son, because God has drawn near to us. And God is thrilled with this, to be able to open the treasures of heaven and say, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go in my name. Use my name. Pray in my name. And allow my Holy Spirit to fill your life so that you don't have to worry about all the do's and don'ts and rules and curfews and regulations and requirements. But go as a mature adult, the friend of God, filled with the Spirit, and enjoy your freedom in Jesus Christ. We have come of age. The kingdom of God has come near. And God is thrilled. He was looking forward to the day when we could be his friends again. When we could call him Papa God. Oh, he wanted that moment to come. When Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, Abba, Abba, Daddy. Oh, the heart of God was just so thrilled. Under the law, the Jews were so frightened of his character and so afraid of his name, they wouldn't even pronounce it. But now, you can call him Daddy. And you can come into his presence knowing that he welcomes you with open arms. You are my child, and I receive you. This is God's good news. He looked forward to giving the gift of Jesus in the fullness of time. The moment had arrived, and we could open the gift. And so John the Evangelist tells us in his gospel in verse 14 that God sent his Son into the world and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, a gift from the Father, Full of grace and truth. And as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the authority, to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. The message that Jesus brought was repent and believe the good news. A Savior has been born. He is Christ, the Lord, and he has come near to make us children of God. Everyone who will believe this good news can be children of God. And it thrills the heart of God. Every time someone else discovers the gift and pulls off the bow and beholds the cross, and turns from their selfish ways and embraces Jesus and receives the gift of life eternal. The kingdom of God has come near. God was waiting for that special moment. As we think about Christmas this year and we think about the gift that we have received, think about The gift that he has given his son. And the joy that it gives him when we unwrap the package and take it for ourselves. Praise the Lord. Praise his name. Father, thank you for your gift to us. Thank you for your great heart of love. Thank you for the anticipation that you had and that very special moment when you could say to the angels, go tell the shepherds, light the star, go tell the wise men, Jesus is born. The time has come. Thank you, Father, for the gift of Jesus Christ. Amen.